call in? Is it working? Yeah, for now. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Welcome to Mechanical Freak. We're broadcasting live from a tree saddle fixed high above the ground in a lush patch of a forest east of Seattle, Washington. That city of the future on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia today, where we're watching in the distance as a nervous Ari Hoffman, sweaty and shaking, takes aim, staring down the sight of his long rifle at his unassuming target, a Sasquatch, alone and not yet full maturity, beholding the moon as it hung in the black night framed between the shadows of the towering trees. That's right. We're back on the show. Uh, we've got a big one for you. We're going to talk national labor news and like huge, huge first city council endorsement. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, I think you just heard Cassidy's here. Hey. Ryan's here. Greg's hey. here. And it's me, Colin. Um, and in addition to all of that, we've got something very interesting on Patreon right now. Right, Brian? Yeah. Uh, the very first episode of... The new hit show, Texas Sucks, with me and my childhood friend Chewy just shooting the shit about the greatest state in the union. Yeah, it's a real bummer, though, because, you know, they recorded this great first intro episode. And as you'll hear, if you listen, all that audio is lost. But luckily, the hour and a half of them bullshitting, uh, catching (laughs) up about punk music before they recorded the actual episode survived. And so that's what they put out on Patreon. We unfortunately, we about mid January, we recorded the first episode and we talked all about uh, what we saw is some maybe problematic features of the Texas power grid. <laughs> we had some dire warnings that if an emergency happened, you know, who knows what could go down, all this kind of stuff. And uh, unfortunately, I meant to hit record on Audacity, but instead I hit delete all. <laughs> and uh, what, we're le- yeah, <laughs> what we're left with is the last hour and a half where uh, me and Tree. Were- when he hit stop record, he was really hitting record and they had this yeah. long conversation about punk. Yeah. Um, wow. It's called and they, they just decided to make it content. It's called Too Punk to Fuck. Yep. And it's up on the Patreon right now. Me and Chewie's teenage years. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. It's actually up- like beautiful. <laughs> Organic <laughs> content. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, exactly. um the uh, <laughs> uh and next week mm-hmm. uh tune in because we're gonna do a big texas sucks uh special extravaganza where we talk about um all the uh horrible uh dystopic nightmare that is was has been going on in texas over the yeah, last it was weeks. the winter storm that brought down the texas power grid yeah um, um yeah. untold dead uh yeah, just uh, unfathomable human misery, and no one will pay for it. Probably. Yeah, and it's uh, that one will be slightly less delightful uh, than the punk rock one, but you know, uh, these are the days we live in. So, for the cost of a Starbucks latte right now, you can go on Patreon, become a beloved patron, and listen to the very first episode of Texas Sucks, as well as some other amazing content, like listening to me and Colin's opinions about the new Britney Spears documentary. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, like, exactly. I'm slightly salty about being left out of, but it's okay. fine. I, you were definitely invited to participate. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you were definitely yeah. invited. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. You and I, but like, I think I told you guys I wasn't available, so like, it's fine, though. Um, emotionally? Yeah, you weren't emotionally <laughs> yeah. available. I'm yeah. pretty. I, I don't know what the reason was, but I'm pretty sure at I the was top recovering of that episode, from the Britney documentary. Obviously. I probably at the top of that episode specifically apologized to our listeners for whatever I did to to mm-hmm. um, make you emotionally unavailable to be on that episode of the podcast. So I'm pretty sure it there's receipts. Well, the big thing is, is that we scooped several other podcasts that talked about the Britney Spears documentary. Uh, when I pointed out that the tabloid industry as depicted in that film no longer exists in that way, that it's all pre-planned, pre-packaged photos now. And uh, a lot of other podcasts tried to tried to get on that train of pointing that out, but we scooped it with my superior oh my tabloid knowledge. That's another way of Shut saying up. that like, <laughs> um, all the podcasts we listen to just talk oh. about the same stories. So, yeah. 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 Which is why we try to do other things. Like last week, you probably heard uh, Rhodesia Sucks. That's a great episode. Uh, Lots of stuff like that. Next week, the main ep, I think, is going to be Texas Sucks. Uh, You know, the power grid failure. 
Brian and Chewy really have a lot of sort of detailed expertise and analysis about that. But you know what? Even And we're going to talk national stories for the first part of this set, but we are going to get back, like we said, big Seattle City Council news, uh, an endorsement from uh, <laughs> the Mechanical Freak podcast, the the Seattle Sucks endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, you know, there's, there's more uh, – there's always more Seattle content uh, and all kinds of other content on the Patreon every week, at least one episode, if not, if not more, yeah. you know, so. So definitely become a patron because you'll then be the first to know, just as all our beloved patrons were last week. And uh, yeah, this, by the way, is why we uh, had the name change. So we could talk about broader topics, but we'll always come back to Seattle. So have those democracy demo- vouchers be- ready. Have them in the envelope. Get your pen ready and get ready to write <laughs> this name on the envelope of our first endorsement. All right. Yeah. Let those vouchers fly. I, I always just cut out the parts where uh, Brian tries to like clarify and make sense of for the audience the name change thing um, in like in Fuck concrete you. terms. I just cut that out of the episode. So <laughs> he does it like every couple of weeks and I just cut it. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, <laughs> but I heard this week we had some big news from my president, oh my one God. Joseph Robinette Biden. I was, I was going to say, I don't have a, anything queued up from Donald Trump. <laughs> well, you know, I voted for him twice, you know, but he didn't win the second time. Well, he, right. did, he did win, but they stole. Yeah, yeah, of course. OK, here we go. From the president of the United States of America. I've long said America wasn't built by Wall Street. It was built by the middle class, and unions built the middle class. Unions put power in the hands of workers. They level the playing field. They give you a stronger voice for your health, your safety, higher wages, protections from racial discrimination and sexual harassment. Unions lift up workers, both union and non-union, and especially black and brown workers. I've made it clear made it clear when I was running that my administration's policy would be to support unions organizing and the right to collectively bargain. I'm keeping that promise. You should all remember the National Labor Relations Act didn't just say that unions are allowed to exist. It said that we should encourage unions. So let me be really clear. It's not up to me to decide whether anyone should join a union. But let me be even more clear. It's not up to an employer to decide that either. The choice to join a union is up to the workers. Full stop. Full stop. Dr. Steve um, Brule, for your help. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he needs he needs to see a doctor, though. Like, he does not look well. I'm just he, saying. He sounded like shit, honestly. Yeah. He sounded like he was podcasting. He sounded like me on the recording. Like, when I'm cutting out, like, I, I mean... The slurring words, starting like thoughts that you sort of transition mid-word to correct. <laughs> there like, was an episode of the show where Greg drank an entire punch bowl full of eggnog to show me and Colin. <laughs> and he sounded more clear on that. He oh. slurred less of his words on that episode. I, I actually don't think that's, Joe that's accurate. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Rough. that's a classic. <laughs> no, but, but I mean... He's saying things, right? He's, he's saying like saying he's doing words. he's doing this uh, uh, like as you know, we have not had any a single good thing to say about the Biden administration. I don't think we're really going to end up saying much good about it today. But what he's doing here is this very simple exercise that is basically what um, emotionally, whether it's and I think practically, really politically, you want uh, leaders to do you want the president to do you want the president to use the, you know, we can call it the bully pulpit or whatever, but the office to just say things, to uh, pronounce ideology, to sell uh, ideas that we like. I mean, this is um, a an enormous, enormous part of, the, of Donald Trump's success uh, and resonance in this country is getting out there and nonstop just saying shit that his base wants to hear. And this is something that I want to hear. Uh, so on that level, I, again, it's, it's not it's not like we can get into I'd like to hear. I mean, you know, our labor correspondent, Cassidy, I want to hear <laughs> from you about your like analysis of this and like 
what this really means, but like just on it, and I'm not saying like I'm like won over by this or like that it's oh, even totally. that miracle, even yeah. that that is that big a deal. But my point is, it's an incredibly simple thing that Democrats yeah. could do. That which is just actually get out there and say things that are good, you know, and it's like they usually don't. And so it's wild hearing this from Joe Biden. It totally is. And no, I think that like it's hard because we think of, you know, we listen to Bernie Sanders and people like that who are saying blatantly like Amazon workers need to unionize like they've been so supportive of these efforts. Um, but the reality is, is we have Joe Biden, you know, and so the the bar is on the floor. Um, but not only that, like the reality is, is we really haven't had a president since FDR who has spoken out in favor of unions like this. Um, you know, to really the, the part that people are really fired up about in the, in the labor, um, and union sort of crews that I'm talking to is like that he really spoke out against employer intimidation. Like that's the big one. Like he could have gone farther on a lot of other things, but like, that's one of the hugest things going down in with Amazon right now is that they're intimidating employer or employees. Um, and not only that, but I think it's like 54% of employees that have tried to organize. They say that they've been intimidated by their employer. Mm. Um, so like yeah. to hear the president say this, like it is a big deal to like, if you're an employer who is going to try and union bust and you're, president is saying that and we're trying to pass stuff like the pro act where it like actually increases penalties and has teeth like fifty thousand dollar fines um like that's a big fucking deal yeah and the thing is is there's always been at least theoretical limits to which the uh you know employer can intimidate employees who are trying to unionize but it's been well known that those will never be enforced, right? right. You know, like threatening to move the company overseas. Not, all for, that kind of not stuff. since Reagan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Reagan's, you know, firing of the uh, PACO strikers, air traffic controllers, right, was the the sign that there's nothing's off limits, right? And, and when even the Clinton administration came in, mm-hmm. at, at a lot of times Clinton did have actually similar rhetoric to this, you know, like maybe not the like – Again, the the issues were different, but like Democrats have a lot of times had like vaguely pro labor stances, but at the same time, never reinstituted like serious enforcement of the National Labor Relations Act. Never like there's been bullshit rulings like yeah. time and time again in the Obama administration. Yeah, the thing, and like I think that's one thing that a lot of people with like IUPAT, um, because. Uh, yeah, like IUPAT, we're doing a big campaign around the PRO Act. And so we've been pushing Joe Biden on this, you know, even before he got elected. Um, and, you know, the fear was that even though he's been saying all these things before he got elected, that he would be like Obama, where, you know, Obama said he was going to push forward with the Employee Free Choice Act. We had a blue house and a blue Senate and he didn't do shit mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Famously sat on card check. Right. And right. And it. and so, you know, basically IUPAT, CWA, a couple other unions kind of came together before the election and decided, like, whether it's Trump, whether it's Biden, like we need to go hard on the PRO Act. And so they actually passed a resolution um, like as part of the international that said, like, we will never support a candidate ever again if they do not vote for or if they do not support the PRO Act entirely. Um, So, like, there, you know, that's a big deal from the trades union to take that sort of stance politically. Um, And so I I thought you had to always pledge full throated support to any Democrat uh, and then try (laughs) and push them left after the fact. I thought I thought that was the smart way to do it. Yeah, right. So, so making works. demands apparently works. Is what so, okay, so we're two making <laughs> demands, and I guess the demand is the PRO Act. So I don't think we can really know what oh, no, what a Biden administration is actually going to do, how it's going to act toward right. labor, how forceful, mm-hmm. just by this, like, this little address here. Right. Like, but I mean, like, come to nothing, but... But what I'll say is, like... You know, Obama, yeah, he relied so heavily on, like, the support of labor and then fucked Mm -hmm. us. And so it's like, I mean, and I'm not one to give Joe Biden credit, but, like, he 
I believe that he is more pro-labor than Obama was. Like, that's as stupid as it is. Like, when I would talk to people in Iowa, like, that was one of the few things that they were like, yeah, he's, like, a labor supporter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, But, like, Mm -hmm. will he really keep those promises? Like, that's... I think historically Joe Biden has been a labor supporter aesthetically. Right. Like he sees it as part of his uh, image and his like character as the guy from Scranton who, you know, rides the Amtrak and like, oh, yeah, he's an old school Democrat. So he's for labor. I don't think that's amounted to dog shit for his entire career. Yeah. But okay, so now we're to this point. You're saying these unions are actually taking a militant stance on on support for Democrats and drawing a red line with this pro act we have mm-hmm. biden you know at least trying to signal and if this isn't nothing because th- this matters in politics he's at least trying to convince us that he's on the side of labor okay right. which is something because that's mm-hmm. a first step to actually doing to actually being there uh what so the my next question then cassidy is what the fuck is the pro act <laughs> Yeah. So, um, basically it's like a super comprehensive bill that like, so like, um, with the bill and the Obama era, the employee free choice act, like that was a little more specific where this is like, it really addresses all of the different issues that people have been facing the past, like 40 years that like no really strong legislation has got through for labor. Um, So like some of the things that we have is like it outlaws the right to work. Like that's fucking Mm -hmm. huge. Um, For the thing is, as as, uh, leftists though, don't we want people to have the right to work? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, Do we, I feel like people understand the right, do we have to explain what right to work is to anybody? You know what, why not? We're a podcast, we can explain it. Tell us, tell us about right to work. This is from the Taft-Hartley Act of like, what, 48 or something? Yeah, and I mean, you know, it more, it really impacts red states, it impacts, you know, Midwest workers and workers in the South and, um, you know, the the name right to work i think is uh extremely Propaganda. yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah well i think that unions like to call it the right to be fired bill or whatever right exactly yeah. that means every all employment's at will meaning yeah. that uh, you, whether or not you have a job is at the will of your employer and which, <laughs> meaning you don't it the framing the name right to work in the sort of right-wing corporate propaganda framing is meaning you have a right to a job whether you want to join a union or not right you know because the framing is from anti-unionism is well unions are these guys who control uh whether you get a job they're standing between you and a job and you have to join a union and that's you know uh what's keeping you from getting a job so you have a right to work uh whether union wants you to or not um that's obviously horseshit uh we don't need to go into why Oh, that's dumb on its face. So, so this is serious. You're saying the pro act that yeah. unions are taking a strong act will literally overturn yes. that. Yes, it does, which is so huge. That, so yeah. that it goes back to an earlier version, basically, of the National Labor Relations Act, where, uh, because basically what the Taft Hartley Act did was with right to work was it allowed states to uh, pass laws exactly. that that opt that uh, exempted them from a lot of the protections mm-hmm. of the neighbor, national labor relations act where mm-hmm. the state could pass a law uh, pursuant to Taft Hartley act that says, yeah, in this state in Alabama, just because you form a union that is recognized by the NLRB doesn't mean you can demand that everybody in your workplace or work classification is actually a dues paying yeah, member you, of that union. You can't run a closed shop. Right, right? a closed shop, and exactly. Think, and lately they've been using right to work laws to even ban the collecting of union dues. Yeah. Right. Like I, yep. I think in Indiana you had to get permission yeah. <laughs> to get to collect union dues. So this stuff. is all states are able to make these laws that over yeah. overrule the basic union protections that were only really around for like ten years. Right. And so the PRO Act says no more to right to work, which we love. Um, But then also another really big one is it takes on 
worker misclassification, which like as a campaign worker, that is fucking huge. Um, so, oh my God, it's, it's enormous. And not only, yeah, I mean, I, that's me being selfish, but I mean, this is about gig workers entirely. So people who are mm-hmm. misclassified as independent contractors, um, now basically like the standard of what an independent contractor is, like it has not been changed for like yeah. a long, long, long time. And so what it would do now is we would have the ABC test, which, um, basically it's like you have to pass part A, part B and part C. And only then can you be defined as an independent contractor. And like you are, you are assumed to be an employee before yeah. being independent contractor. And so basically what the parts are, is it like your work is done with Without the control of an employer, um, your work is done outside the employer's usual course of business. So, like if you're an Uber mm. driver, or like if you're a campaign worker like me, like I'm working within your normal type of business. So, like I am an employee, bitch. Like, stop. Yeah. And then well, the, that, that part B for gig work, right? I yeah. Mean, that's huge. Well, and then here's yeah. the third. Enormous, yeah. No, the third one is like what really fucking just chef's kiss. It has to be done by someone who uh, is their own independent business or trade. Yeah. So like that's more that that's sounds cl- more that's uh, clear like I, I don't know I was gonna say that sounds uh very nebulous because that's uh, like because you can call anyone because you can call anybody but, but if it has to pay all three no, but that like, makes I'm more not sense an, I'm not an independent business or trade well, who says you know if what someone's I mean? paying you as but that's sort of circular if someone's paying you as your own you're an independent consultant you're an independent business you know like Anyway, if it needs all three, because that's what happens. Yeah, that's, ha- you know. it has to, uh, like, um, it has to be all three. It can't just because be anybody like one can or be two. your own yeah. independent business. That's what the ten nine. That's how the ten ninety nine system is used now. Yeah. You know, so like that's kind of subjective. But that's why it needs all three. Like me, half the days I've ever worked in my what I laughably call a career for the last you know ten years have <laughs> been on a ten ninety nine, and they have been under the exact same system like no different in the work that I'm doing or the way it's controlled by my employer or the course of business as the days I was an employee. Like right. literally a half the days I've ever worked have been on a 1099 as an independent contractor. And literally most of those days there was a sheet filed with my name on it with a time I was supposed to show up on what date at an address. So like absurd to call me an independent contractor. Right. Yeah. Uh, clearly an employee. And that's in the law now, but it's like they, but there's no enforcement for it. Right. So that's the real thing. I mean, basically these are the standards now, but there's ways to get around them and there's no enforcement of this shit. So, so does this come with like an, who's going to enforce well, this shit under well, the pro act? It, it does come with more teeth and that like right now, um, you know, you can just get like a bunch of dings against you and like, nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. But now like if you're like a small business or a mid-sized business and you're getting a $50,000 fine for one of these things, like that's a big fucking deal, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's definitely, it goes stronger than what we have now in a lot of different ways too. And that like, um, you, one of the things that it does is, um, it makes it more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like you can have more types of strikes. Um, so like right now, like there's a really broad, um, definition of what a strike is and like what protections there are. And like it, it broadens stuff like that. It gets into a lot of like really nitty gritty stuff that just like people don't really pay attention to or understand because people aren't familiar with unions anymore. Like I just got into union organizing, you know, and like a lot of people, I mean, what is it like 5% um, that we have? And I think that like 40 years ago, we were at like 30%. Yeah. 5% Um, and it's all business unionism largely as well, you know, but I guess that's changing. Yeah. But like, I mean, even just going back to the employer intimidation stuff, like it makes it so that um, like you can't force employees to attend anti-union meetings, which like, you Mm -hmm. know, just that indoctrinating that like people or employers do to employees like that is a huge deterrent from organizing. Um, So 
isn't this just a job destroying measure for all those hardworking <laughs> anti-union yeah. firms that companies hire to break up uh, union drives? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will there be a just transition for the like Pinkertons and other consultants who break up <laughs> union drives? Worker retraining. <laughs> yeah, they get worker retraining. Hell yeah. Can we, can we like uh, dust off some old Clinton plan for worker retraining and offer it to them? And so it, it is tell worth, them to learn to code. Uh, you know, mentioning that this is like a huge thing that literally every company does. I remember uh, the last shop that I worked at sent all of its management to one of these meetings just because another shop in the county. And keep in mind, you know, in Snohomish County, there's you know probably conservatively 2000 machine oh, shops. Yeah. yeah. One other machine shop unionized and they sent the entire management team to Seattle for anti-union training, like union busting training. I mean, this is this is a big industry and a big deal that every company does. And the yeah, they drag people into meetings. They fucking they we saw uh, was it uh, I think it's in this Amazon thing. They kept sending all the employees text messages and shit yeah. like that. You know, like I mean, sending text messages like, hey, don't join the union. We're watching you essentially. <laughs> right? It's so, insane. Yeah. yeah. No. And then um, um, so like it makes it so that like employers um, they have to or they aren't allowed to hire like permanent replacements for striking workers and then also one of the big ones is um it forces them into a first contract so like now you're able to just like delay 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 Drag it out. um mm-hmm. but it forces them into like forced mediation or arbitration with the employees to where they have to reach a first contract if you know the employees have decided to unionize um mm-hmm. And so, again, it's just like we have not had anything like this, you know, pass on the books. We haven't had a president like actually back these basic fucking protections and like things for workers. And it's just it needs needs to fucking get done. So, I mean, like, you know, when you ask Biden, is he for the PRO Act? He says yes. And then like when you go on his website, it's like, I support this part of the PRO Act and Hell this yeah. part. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, OK, that part. Like, so we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole thing is it it needs 60 votes in the Senate or we have to get rid of the filibuster. Like, mm-hmm. so... It's going to need the Democrats to actually want to do it, which that sounds like a problem. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Yeah, I yeah mean, it was the problem the minimum wage vote had. Right? No, and that's yeah. exactly that's exactly what, um, like, we were talking about earlier with the minimum wage. It's just like, just like with Biden, what he's saying now, yeah, it's really cool that he's saying all these great things, but, like, Kamala and Biden have both said they were going to support the $15 minimum wage, and, like, look at us now. Well, they still support it. Right. No, and Emotionally. They, can, they can still say, like, yeah, we support it, and we're going to, you know, find another mm-hmm. path forward, but, like, that's what, you know, is that what's going to happen with the PRO Act, too? I don't know. And but they're like, out there on the defensive now, instead of just saying, yeah, we're going to we're gonna get this done, they're out there explaining like why they're not getting it done in this particular way. And it's like that, that just signals to me, like you're trying not to do it, you know? Yeah. The one thing I'll say though, is like, um, with a $15 minimum wage, like as stupid as this is, like, it's very easy. Uh, like it's a $15 minimum wage. There's not really any other understanding we need to have to it. And so for opponents, it's really easy to like rile people up and get people worried about it and all that sort of stuff. Um, but like, I do think one of the saving graces for the pro act is like, it is really fucking comprehensive and jargony. Um, so like Brandon, uh, Manger, he's with IUPAT and he talked, uh, to Jacobin about, uh, the pro act. Um, so Colin, if you wanted to read that. Yeah. Uh, so Brandon says, when you talk about things like re-legalizing secondary boycotts, I would guess maybe 0.01% of the population knows what a secondary boycott is anymore. Back in the Taft-Hartley era, everyone did because people were actually going out to work one day and would see one happening, or it would be covered in the news. Now those things are so rare that nobody knows what they are. So the growing irrelevant So the growing irrelevance of organized labor has made some of its more radical asks and legislative reform easier because someone like Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio can't go out and say they're trying to re-legalize recognitional picketing. Nobody has any 
idea what that means. The Chamber of Commerce is going to be all over it, but this is not going to be a priority for the broader conservative base to mobilize around. I don't know if that means the bill will pass, but it does mean that this bill is a lot less controversial than it would have been 30 or 40 years ago. So That's a real interesting take. It really is. Yeah, no. And just like these fucking trade organizers of IUPAC, I just love them. Like they don't give a fuck. And like just... I love that they're just like, let's fucking pack this bill with all of the things. And like, they're too dumb to understand it. So let's do it. Like, mm-hmm. so TBD. I mean, um, like he says, the chamber is going to be on it. There is right. like an intellectual, like make work think tank consultant K street fucking army of conservative shitheads who are going to figure out this shit. And they're going to be whipping votes against this kind of thing. With, I mean, even among the Democrats. Um, So, but yeah, I guess the point is it's hard to make, it's going to be harder to make it a culture war uh, thing among like a broader base on the merits of the individual provisions. But I don't know, can't you just start selling it as the the unions want to take your jobs act? Like, I don't know. I'm skeptical of that. As being I, of any I feel like the, the strategic value, to this. the Ted Cruz Marco Rubio response will be uh, pro act something something communism yeah. something <laughs> something something China. I feel like is what we're going to get for this. Yeah. Now, will that resonate with people? Maybe people will be like, "Well, only five thousand people died in China of coronavirus, so maybe they're doing something right." You know, I don't know. But we'll, I mean, we'll the see. thing I'll say is, it's they're going to introduce it in the House next week, and like, I don't know about you guys. Like, I'm in labor, so I know about the Pro Act, but like, most people have no idea. Yeah, like, no one yeah. knows that this is happening. Um, Best so, case scenario too is to slip it through. That's what I'm saying. Is I just I feel like if there was going to be a big hoopla about it, there would have been and. And I mean, yeah. maybe maybe it still will happen, you know, maybe it will. Yeah. Um, but I could see a situation where like maybe some of the bigger, sexier things might not get through. But like we might get some of these like more radical, but like um, more like uh, undercover sort of things, you know. So yeah. TBD, we'll see. But I will yeah. be reporting back. Um, see, we'll see. I'm, you know, I'm sure it'll pass the House and then we'll see what happens mm-hmm. in the Senate. So. Yeah, the Senate's always the big question. And I mean, you know, more than Republicans is Democrats, the Joe Manchins of the world. Uh, you know, will they just vote no on this? But we'll see. Maybe something I, but good like, will happen. But like pro-union, baby. I don't know. We'll see. So if, Look, if the if these enough of these unions get together and convince Joe mm-hmm. Manchin that he'll lose his you, job, <laughs> you will never be elected again because we will make it our life's fucking mission to destroy you and make sure you mm-hmm. never have a job on planet Earth ever. Uh, then yeah, that's how you could get something this through. Do they have enough? Does this like wing of labor have enough power mustered to make that happen? I guess we'll see. Um, obviously the the um, the vote in Alabama at the Amazon warehouse is still going on. I don't that yes. obviously is a the big like sort of on the ground labor story right now. I don't think there's really any new information to report. So I think we can wait till like, yeah, about that I believe, time, right? I believe that voting ends at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. But you know, the thing I'll say is like, does this wing of labor have enough power? I don't know. But again, the fact that Joe Biden is like making these statements, like I'm not saying that is action in itself, but I do think that it is proof that like, this wing does have power and that like they mm-hmm. do hear what the fuck we're saying. So we'll see. No, I, it's important that Joe's saying this. Uncle Joe. Is it's saying not this. bad news. Um, it's well, not bad news, but also it's just like, are we getting our hopes up? God fucking yeah, damn exactly, it. Yeah. Like, well, uh, when it, during the Obama administration at one point in like 2012 or something, uh, a Rhode Island school fired like all of its staff and employees because of a, uh, I think an NEA organizing drive there or like NEA actions and union actions. And the Obama administration through Rahm Emanuel basically came out in the press. I mean, a small school in Rhode Island did this. They could have just done nothing, but they came out in the press to, pra- to praise the brave actions of the school. Right. So, Incredible. so this is, this is a big change from the Obama administration that I would argue was uh, very outwardly anti-union. No, it's yeah. like really wild um, that just I mean, I mean, yeah, like Joe has a lot of time to fucking prove a, prove me wrong. But like mm-hmm. 
he might be better than Obama, and that's really fucking sad. Yeah. But yeah. he yeah, also the, might the forget what he again. said. Yeah, tomorrow. totally. Yeah, easily. <laughs> easily. One other, just really quick. One other thing that um, I forgot to mention with the worker misclassification. Another thing that it covers too, besides independent contractors, is like a lot of nurses are. Um, they aren't able to be part of the union because they are labeled as supervisors. Mm, um, and yeah. so this gets rid of that. Nice. Well, that so makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of good things in the bill. So we'll keep yeah. following it to mm-hmm. see what happens. Okay. So uh, thank you, Cassidy. You're so welcome. Mechanical freak labor correspondent. Um, now what you've all been waiting for, listen, you all year, everyone has been desperate to hear our thoughts our endorsements, our prescriptions, our prognostications on the uh, 2021 Seattle city government races. There's some council seats and the mayor up, of course. And we have not really waded into that because uh, the goddamn filing deadline is until like May, May. 24th, people. Yeah. The end of fucking May. Okay. It's that like is mid, but- a long yeah. way away. Um, which means like... There is no race to talk about yet. A few people have now finally announced, but it's like there's no real news there. There's nothing to get into. Uh, On that same note, you should be holding on to everyone should just keep a hand on their democracy vouchers. okay? because, again, there's no one in the race like there. We don't have any idea who's actually running for any office. Uh, more tons, more people are going to come out of the woodwork. Most of them are going to be cranks. Um, but that again, you need to save your democracy vouchers for the weirdest crank. <laughs> yeah, so that. getting excited about sending those in now, cause you got them in the mail. Does not make sense? Don't, don't do that. Just wait till this all settles out. You've got plenty of fucking time. Okay. Yes. There's people out there asking for them because they've already started their campaigns, but like this isn't over. Like there's tons more gonna, uh, Gonna, gonna happen here so yeah all just the, chill out everybody that's announced so far can run their social media account without your money so yeah <laughs> hold, hold on to it all right yeah. just hold on to your fucking money oh but um but now all but, that said we do have a very special uh city council endorsement to make we're ready wow. because sometimes a candidate comes along mm-hmm. that is just so compelling that um you just have to get you know, you got to get behind them to push them through. Sometimes your candidate runs, you know, sometimes most of the time in electoral Mm -hmm. politics in America, it's a matter of choosing between, you know, bad options. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, largely that's probably what it's going to turn out to be in Seattle, uh, the Seattle city council races and the mayor's race. But sometimes your guy runs and then you got to support them from out of the starting gate you know because that that's just how you get it done you gotta and just such a man has stepped up for (laughs) position eight running against uh teresa mosqueda and isn't it about time a man had that seat shut the fuck and (laughs) we have the man for you mike mcquade Head of the public affairs firm <laughs> McQuaid USA Strategic. Ooh, Ooh wow. yes, yes, our our uh, partner, a leader. Our, they handle all our of our sponsor. opinions. Yeah. Yep. a leader with the South Lake Union Community Council. Ew. There's a there's a South Lake Union Community Council. Does anyone even fucking live there anymore? <laughs> he uh, came out. Uh, announcing that he was going to run. Uh, I'm just going to read this from this little presser just to give you a little taste of what drew us to him. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> this is our guy. All of our neighborhoods, including downtown, uh, are facing historic challenges with the combined effects of the pandemic, job loss, ongoing civic violence, and the unchecked public health crisis of homelessness. <laughs> we must be laser focused on emerging from this pandemic and rebuilding the trust and promise of our city. We must be laser focused on this compound socioeconomic uh, (laughs) catastrophe, multi-level catastrophe that's unfolding all around us. Laser focused on (laughs) that one point. Yeah. The laser focus on the effects of the pandemic and uh, the public health crisis of the homeless existing. So, 
you know, I was all excited. I had I'd written Mike McQuaid on my democracy voucher. I was right about to just fold it into a paper. Yeah, I sent mine in. I got him. I got him right out the door as soon as <laughs> as soon as he finally like gave into the pressure, our behind the scenes pressure, and announced because we recruited him. I immediately sent Stupid. off my uh, democracy voucher. Yeah, anyone that can start the reactor, they can have my de- <laughs> democracy voucher. <laughs> well greg i unfortunately have some bad news huh what mcquaid has had to withdraw hopefully temporarily no no no. this isn't over this isn't over it's a suspension yeah yeah stop the count after a criminal assault was exposed so this is somebody assaulted him today was yeah, he assaulted so. by a criminal <laughs> yeah is he in the hospital is that why he's suspending his campaign i think was so. he murdered greg let me read this press release i think that's what's happened okay 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 good everybody not just your democracy vouchers get ready to donate to his gofundme for his medical expenses mm-hmm. get your fingers on all those buttons Michael McQuaid, a candidate for Seattle City Council, has withdrawn from the race after an article in the Seattle Times exposed a criminal assault from 2015. I hope he's okay. (laughs) McQuaid had pleaded guilty for hitting a landscaper at his condominium with a rock. (laughs) McQuaid, according to a police report, was dissatisfied with the work and got into a heated argument with the worker. After threatening to headbutt the worker, he picked up a (laughs) gas-powered... (laughs) that's that's some mcquaid energy for sure (laughs) he he picked up a gas-powered chop saw and told him according to the report what quote i'm going to cut your head off jesus unable to get the chop saw running he threw a rock instead (laughs) and hit the worker in the lower back from a distance of eight to ten feet ow mcquaid was vying for an at-large seat at district eight (laughs) Uh, according to his LinkedIn, he describes himself as, quote, deeply involved in Seattle's urban renewal, <laughs> an urbanist, if you will. Yeah. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> and a quote. Was, he, was this uh, was or landscaping part of the urban renewal? Is that how deeply involved he was? I guess so. He's, he's, he gets into every detail. Yeah, it? he's a real micromanager by the sounds of it. Uh, he uh, fucking psycho. Jesus. Wrote himself down as an avid athlete. He's got a real arm, that guy. He is also involved with, wait for it, Irish heritage events in the city. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Please tell me there's a picture of him uh, with Jenny Durkin somewhere. Being like swapping stories about their their, uh, potato grandparents. My God. Oh, how pissed is he about Mr. Potato Head right now? (laughs) So mad. It's like my heritage. Um, when I was reading Holy this shit. article oh my God. right before we were started recording, I was telling Greg the details. And when I got to that one, I stopped and I just said, we're going to do this article. There's something in here that I think I need to save for, for reading. I, yeah, I did not know anything about the Irish heritage thing. <laughs> oh, my, oh God, my God, that rules. So <laughs> hilariously, uh, this is not the only incident that Mr. McQuaid has been involved in. He's a pasty, hot blooded bog creature <laughs> who just like just has a fucking temper, man. Well, apparently, while working for Business Wire, he was terminated for insubordination and cursing at a manager. Which who hasn't done that? <laughs> I mean, I God knows I have. But why don't we hear about the details? So according to a court filing, weird for a firing, but according to a court filing, a female co-worker had asked McQuaid to shut his office door because his phone calls were too loud. Oh when his God. supervisor told him to work out the volume issue, McQuaid responded, I'm not going to let a woman tell me how to, oh. you know, run my business. Man, just think of the things he and Jenny could have accomplished together. I'm just thinking of a better world where, like, Jenny stays on, is reelected another term. He gets in there uh, and just together, you know, City Hall, you know, working along lines of Irish heritage solidarity. (laughs) 
do you think it's like campaign posters were just gonna be a fucking four leaf clover and it's just gonna say don't let a woman yeah, tell I think you it was how gonna to be the business. rhodesian flag green white green with the leprechaun and a pot of gold in the middle <laughs> yeah the rhodesian flag Jesus Christ. God damn. all right well <laughs> he uh you know, has several other things in there that aren't very exciting. But I do love that after this chop saw event, uh, when the Seattle Times approached him about the, the threatening to chop off the landscaper's head with the chop saw. Fucking psycho. Um, his response was, which I loved, quote, if I had Wait, did he serve any time for this shit? Like, did oh, he course. like, are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was kidding you actually. Yeah. <laughs> the charge. So he was, was convicted though. It said uh, the charge. That's was, incredible. The assault charge was dismissed after oh. he complied with court conditions. So he probably oh. had to go to anger management. Right? Yeah. Um, fucking asshole. <laughs> so there's no fucking justice in this country. This man. Yeah. Fuck like this guy. Well, I, like, I prefer that we would not have police, but if we're going to have them, they should have shown up and beat the shit out of this guy. <laughs> Totally. Well, like he shouldn't have any teeth left. Well, the thing is, I believe in rehabilitative justice. And this quote from him to the Seattle Times when they asked him about this story, uh, I think proves in that this man was rehabilitated. Cool. Quote, if I had that 30 seconds to take over again and could have avoided walking into that situation, <laughs> I would have done it in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's it's one of these things that you wish you had a way to think differently. But neither one of us touched each other, and there was no altercation. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you, well, Greg, the rock touched the other guy, not McQuaid. Yeah. Wow. Social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a fucking piece of shit. So what we've had our first scandal and our first just enormous piece of shit <laughs> in the council race. Uh, strong recommend to everybody look at him. Uh, he looks like kind of like Ed Bagley Jr. is the only way I can describe it. Uh, but clearly evil. Wait, you're saying he's white? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> shocking, right? An old white guy that probably surprised everybody. <laughs> wow. Well, that's one less old white guy in the race. So Teresa's unopposed right now. Yep. Again, yeah, Teresa unopposed right now. I know, I know that. that. I know, you know that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I but know like, you who the know, fuck's like, going to run against her? How dumb. Well, uh, <laughs> someone who wants to, you know, lose this to run for something else. I don't know. Well, cool. in the early reports I saw of McQuaid announcing that he was going to run, I mean, this question was was asked to him. You know, like why run against a you know popular seated council member? when there's like easier fish to fry in the council election. And he basically was saying that, you know, he's just the man for the job. He has the train. <laughs> he has the I mean, I've heard that for other races too. So <laughs> exactly, you know? that is, yeah, that is the line. Yeah. That is like the, the vibe in, in this race. Like sometimes yep. you just got to step up. Yeah. I, I'm just the man for it, you know? Nobody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like Jesus Christ. Okay. Just it's got to be me. Yeah. Um, ah. I didn't I just didn't <laughs> trust anyone else to do it. <laughs> so, if we could give a uh, 40 bagpipe salute <laughs> to oh a true Irish king. Uh, <laughs> who's going to drive the landscapers out of Seattle now? <laughs> <laughs> St. Patrick was English, but I'm, I'm just being a pedantic, like Irish nationalist guy. Yeah. All. Greg is at the Irish heritage events that McQuaid puts on. He's yeah. got a lot of thoughts on them. Yeah. Well, this goes to show that anybody who's proud of their Irish heritage should be thrown away immediately. I am aware of my Irish heritage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I practice Irish heritage awareness. Yeah. <laughs> it should be, uh, oh God, this is slightly off topic. So Keith Olbermann, who's just a giant piece of shit, had this crazy tweet. This fucking most insane thing. Yeah, where he was basically talking about his Russian heritage and he felt there was like a, a no, he said, stain. I have lived my whole life with the stain of Russian heritage. Basically, the, the details are just, uh, 
uh, Dem QAnon Russiagate shit. So the point is, imagine saying that. Imagine being that fucking diseased. Now, that is diseased. It's gross. It's disgusting. Uh, it's bullshit. But had he said, I've lived with the stain of my Irish heritage, I would have been like, no, oh, that's correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Is- <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, okay. That's, 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 uh, <sighs> one, one of these days I'm going to come out, um, as a, like a, a big time, like, so, like some kind of actual i'm finally gonna arrive at the synthesis between irish american heritage and uh irish nationalism you know <laughs> like this, they're two unrelated phenomenon completely but um i'm gonna somehow like get it together in one uh cool package it's gonna be cool <laughs> greg currently dressed all in green me sitting next to him all in orange showing that anything is possible <laughs> well that that what's his name again that bigly junior guy uh michael mcquade don't worry that's the last michael. time you're ever gonna hear it <laughs> just put it right <clears throat> out of your mind do the line colin mcquade start <laughs> the reactor <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thanks swato or wait no it's not Watto. quato Watto? Quado, Quado, right? <laughs> Quado, <laughs> um, <laughs> Guido. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Um, that's all. That's all we've got. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Do we have any new patrons? This oh week? yeah, yeah. We've got patrons. Uh, yes, we have two new patrons. One uh, we think might be related to Psyduck, as Cassidy just said. Seidel, thank you for <laughs> joining the fold. Yeah. Hey. Um, it's always good to have another pocket monster. Uh, mm-hmm. in on the squad and Daniel Peterson as of what like this afternoon Daniel Welcome. Peterson uh, is a war nerd who shared uh, last week's Rhodesia episode with the war nerd radio Facebook group mm, yeah. uh, thanks for that that we should yeah. respect a, a troop yeah yeah exactly the only troops we respect war nerds um, great thanks for thanks for joining guys <laughs> Enjoy listening to two old idiots who haven't listened to punk rock in a decade talk about punk rock now. Yeah, have fun with that. And um, like, did we say what we're on the Patreon this week is going to be uh, we're talking Macklemore. The Mac oh, is yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, we're talking Macklemore. We're talking Seattle sports. Maybe those two are combined. Ooh. And uh, yeah, other exciting things. So for the cost of... Uh, what a a, a re- two reams of paper you can become a patron of Seattle Sucks and get yeah. all this hot Seattle gossip. And who's printing Be- nowadays? Like no one needs paper. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, put if you're putting this together, yeah. that's the Texas Sucks Two Punk to Fuck episode, the upcoming uh the Mac is back episode last week. We had more Seattle stories that on the Patreon that I don't even fucking remember what they are, but, um, <laughs> there was, you that know, means it was a really good episode. You guys. Yeah, it was good. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Greg's, Greg's brain is wiped after every episode. It's like NK ultra in here. <laughs> <laughs> after I cut it. Yeah. After I upload it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Thanks cool. guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.